Hey, Night Owls. Welcome to Isn't It Past Your Bedtime. I'm Krista. And I'm Rachel. And this episode, we are doing books that we were given. It was just, you know, the holidays. And as book readers, sometimes we get, often, we get books as gifts. So it's just like, I mean, I request books, like, all the time. So So I'm going to just jump right in. Um, So, like I said, this is one that you got me. So this is The Housekeeper by Natalie Barielli. Barielli? Not entirely sure. I think Barielli. I don't know. Sorry, Natalie. I don't know how to say your name. Uh, We tried. Anyways, so this book is, I have like real loose book notes. So let's see if I can stick to it here. So this book is about Claire. She's the main character here. She is 24, I believe. Um, And like, she's kind of like not in super great place. Like she doesn't really take care of herself at all. She like only works two days a week at like this um doctor's office answering phones or whatever mm-hmm. and then in her she rents a room from so her roommate I think her roommate's name is Anna and her roommate or so she, Anna like owns the house uh she's a lawyer and so like it's like that's the only person in this entire world who cares about Claire and sad yeah and it's like kind of questioned before like how do you come up with rent money like that's what do you do and so Claire lies and says that she's an influencer so Claire is also basically like she pretty much lies all the time like that's she's been doing that for years and years and years so that's kind of what she does impulsive liar yeah and so she like says that she's an influencer which and Anna like just kind of buys it she's like oh okay sure because like Claire is always on social media she definitely has like obsessive disorder like obsessive qualities and stuff like that and so like she'll like super start like going down like the rabbit hole of social media for hours and hours hours and like she like has a whole fake account where she like posts all these like stock photos to pretend like she has a super lavish life and one time she like she stole some purse or something like a really nice purse and gave it to Anna in lieu of rent and Anna was like oh thanks she was like oh yeah like I won it in a contest or whatever yeah it's fine in lieu of rent no lady's gonna accept that that was mine i was like that's kind of weird also because like i think that she's already like giving her like a pretty decent rent rate like i think she's like already kind of like being cool about it and everything like that um Mm. and so yeah so she just like works like two days a week and so anna knows these this couple that are opening up or they're in need of somebody at their like home furnishing store Mm -hmm. to like kind of work a front desk or a phone I don't remember exactly what it is but the other side of it is that they need somebody to do like their social media media and so Anna's like oh my gosh like this would be perfect like you're an influencer you already do all these things and she was like huh that's yeah yeah, definitely okay but she goes to the interview anyways because like she's like okay like Anna's the only person who cares about me like I don't want to let her down like and she originally she left and she like was dressed in a suit and she was just gonna like not go at all and then she talked herself into it so she went and she actually ended up like one doing really well people wanted to hire her and then she was like actually like i kind of like these people like of course she like lied through the entire thing oh yeah but she was like you know what like okay maybe i could do this and then she kind of was like thinking more of like maybe like this is the one like yeah she sort of lied to get in but then maybe it could help move her up because now she would actually have this kind of marketing type experience or whatever right and so she's like super happy she's leaving it she's stoked and then she sees this woman walk by her and she's just like what what is she doing here what is happening and so she follows this woman and this woman like goes into a brownstone or whatever and so she stands outside for for basically feels like forever and 
is then is when the woman never comes out and so she like goes to like a pub that's like a block away hoping to like see this woman come out and you're like Mm. who is this woman what is going on so this woman so she like tries to like google her or whatever so this woman her name is hannah um i don't remember what her maiden name was but now she's hannah carter mrs carter um and basically claire claims that hannah ruined her life you like you don't really know how all you know is that hannah came into their life while claire was away at boarding school and now that claire is what i say like 24 both her parents are dead and claire blames hannah and you're like okay like what happened so hannah is hannah's like six years older or something like that six or seven years older so like hannah's like 31 so hannah was like 18 19 when it happened and claire was 14 so whatever that math works out to be um and so um yeah so like the whole time and like Claire's like convinced like she's like held this grudge for 10 years and you're like Mm. what in the world happened like did she like murder them like how did she get away with it like what is going on um and Hannah is originally from Canada and so Claire and Claire grew up in New York so the book is set in New York so Hannah like came down to New York to like so Claire has a younger brother and Hannah was supposed to come like basically be a live-in nanny for the summer or something like that and she was super excited because she was gonna like go into the museum she wanted to like get out of her teeny little farm home or whatever in canada bumfuck nowhere kind of a place um but she's only there for like a month before she says she wants to go back and like claire meets her for like a hot second um but so then for like basically the rest of the book until like the very end you're just sitting here going what does hannah have to do with claire's parents death like why does claire interesting blame it and like and it's said a couple different ways like how it's phrased throughout the book that you're just like because at first i'm like oh obviously she murdered him and somehow got away with it or she got off on it or like something like that but then later i'm like okay maybe it wasn't murder maybe it was like accidental Mm -hmm. like did she like leave the oven on and like accidentally kill him while she was out partying and you're just like what how how did this freaking happen i don't know and so Mm -hmm. like i said claire becomes obsessive and so she basically starts stalking Hannah. So she like tries to find her on social media. Hannah doesn't have a social media, but then she's like, oh, I remembered like five years ago, I Googled her and she had this like florist shop. And so she like figures that out. And then she's like, I'm pretty sure she like lives here. And so she starts, uh, she goes home and she tells, um, she literally spends like the entire evening. She basically closed down this like pub, like trying to like search for Hannah online and stuff like that. And she's decided that she's not going to take her job because now she needs to, she needs to stalk Hannah. She needs to like know what's going on with her. Cause wow. she's like creating this like revenge plot of like how she's going to get back at Hannah. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, okay. And so she goes home and Anna is like, maybe it's Anne and whatever. Um, the roommate is like, Oh, Hey, they called like they off one off you the job. And she's like, well, why did they call you? And like, she's like, well, they couldn't get a hold of you because at one point like hannah like turns off her or claire turns off her phone um and she's like okay yeah well i'm not taking the job and you're like what the heck and so literally what she ends up doing because there's like a coffee shop that's like on like right across from the house or like really really close where she can basically like see the coming and goings of hannah's house Mm -hmm. and so she starts doing there but claire is like no money and so she's just drinking like drip coffee refills like washing this house and like after like a couple days like the wait staff are like starting to think that like she's kind of crazy because like randomly she'll also just like get up and walk off because like hannah will like walk out and hannah has like a daughter who's like under one or something like that 
And so she'll like walk out to take her to the park and Claire will get up and sprint after her. And so the wait staff is like, what the hell? And she's like, oh, I'm writing like a screenplay. And this is like where we're thinking of filming. And, you know, this coffee shop's super cute. Like maybe we could do it here. Da, 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 da. And like totally lies. Yeah. Just really good at coming up with stuff on the spot. And the wait staff is kind of like, oh, like, have we heard of it? And she's like, oh, we sold the first season to Netflix it's great all these things and she's like and so like sometimes like inspiration hits and i just have to like run off and go take a picture of something so like she kind of explains it away and the wait staff are like okay whatever i guess sure whatever fine uh which i mean kind of get it like they probably don't get paid enough to really care what's going on right it was reasonable enough yeah and it's not like they're so busy that her sitting at that taking up that like seat is really messing holding up a line or something yeah um and so then one day while she's like stalking the house um she sees this woman come out and she's seen her go in and out a couple times and she's like kind of an older gal and she's pretty sure that that's like their maid the housekeeper gal right and so but she sees her coming out crying one day and so she like runs up to be like oh my gosh like what's going on she's like oh she just fired me and so she convinces this gal to like go grab drinks with her like on her which i'm not gonna go with a stranger on the street when i just got fired pass yeah and so they end up like and like this woman i can't remember the woman's name but um so she obviously but doesn't like drink much or she's just a real lightweight she has like two or three drinks or something like that basically tells claire everything about hannah and what's going on and how she had been the housekeeper there on the uh, first wife but now the first wife's gone and she always liked the first wife more than this one and da 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 and all these things Hmm. which like I mean, I get it, but you don't need to be a bitch about it, right? Um, and so then, uh, so she like does all these things, and so basically, Claire decides that she is going to be a housekeeper. She's going to try and be Hannah's housekeeper. It's like to, a like, full-blown stalker. Oh, one hundred percent stalker. Yeah, and so she comes up with this whole plan because it's all part of like her revenge plot, which like you don't really know what the revenge plot is for a little while. You just know that she wants to like get in there and see that her life's terrible or make her life terrible or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, like, she ends up, like, stalking the house more and, real like, figures out what company the interviews are for. Because, like, they're interviewing for a new housekeeper, a live-in housekeeper slash nanny. Because um, that's the other one. So, the first one wasn't necessarily a nanny. Because since she was an original housekeeper and the husband didn't have kids with his first wife. But now Hannah has a child with uh, Mr. Carter. And so, now they kind of also want somebody who's, like, more nanny-ish. And so... Um, so she like figures out who the company is and then she like stops a woman of women who was like on her way there for the interview and I was like oh yeah they just called me and you know said it was canceled they found somebody and so then this new strange woman who wants to be a live-in nanny housekeeper is like yeah let's go get coffee and talk about how shitty the company is oh, da, 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 da. and like gives her her whole freaking life story and so then Claire goes and pretends to be this woman and like gets hired on the spot basically or like well so she didn't get hired so like she's just super great fraud and stalking yeah so since she's like super good at lying so she like makes Hannah feel super comfortable and does all these things and then it's like okay like obviously and she had like already pre-set up a fake email this fake like gmail account that was going to make it seem so that way she could email Hannah 
they make it seem like it was them emailing and so she calls hannah like an hour or two later or something like that and it was like hey like i don't want to like rush you but i was just given like i was just offered another position with this other family but i really like you and i would prefer to work with you so like if you've made your decision like can you let me know now and i'll pick you tricky and yeah and hannah was like oh my gosh well yeah i loved you i was like kind of still him and home but i definitely want you kind of like put her on the pressure and made her make a decision yeah so then she's like okay and so then uh, hannah's like oh i'll call the company and claire's like no no don't worry about it like i'll call you don't worry about it like um i'm taking care care of of everything things are great and so then so she calls the like company or whatever and pretends to be hannah and is like hey you know just getting like found somebody else like i don't need your services anymore and the company's like okay awesome great like we're here if you change your mind and then she sends email from the fake her fake email being like we're so glad that you like did this person you picture like she's gonna start here all the deets or whatever and so like she becomes their housekeeper and and then you're just like how how, like super all of this and so yeah so she like goes in but then she's like a total slob and so she's terrible at cleaning and so like at one point the husband even like makes a comment to the wife about how like notice that like those baseboards haven't been cleaned and he has like antique art that he really cares about that has to be like clean super special with white gloves and stuff like that and then but hannah is like this is basically like her only friend like because the only other friend that she has is this woman named aaron who was friends with her husband first and knew mm. the first wife and so like it's not necessarily really her friend right and so basically uh claire is just pretending to like sort of be a friend housekeeper to get like all the scoop to like try and make her life as miserable as possible like at one point she like part of her plan i don't want to give away what her plan is because it kind of gives away once you start to know her plan you're kind of like okay maybe i think i might know why hannah ruined her life maybe not i don't know like you just start to piece more you come up with more ideas right but at Mm -hmm. one point she like this guy that she starts sleeping with is a photographer and she's like yeah can you like go to this event and like take a picture of this woman it's super funny joke but we always try to like take like super embarrassing pictures of each other see like who wins haha so funny like so get a picture of her picking her nose or something and he ends up getting a picture of her smoking and they're at a benefit for like childhood cancer or something like that and so like she like posts it on this instagram so it makes a fake instagram and posts it on there and like has all these hashtags um but then one of the hashtags is like says something about it's like i know what you did hannah and then whatever hannah's maiden name is that i can't remember so then hannah starts to get super paranoid because her husband sees the post first or aaron sees it first and sends it to the husband and the husband sees it because the husband doesn't like her smoking to begin with and so then she's like so then she's like super paranoid because she was like why are people like like my maiden name that's super weird like people here don't really know it like what's going on so then she's starting to get more paranoid so then claire is kind of like being like yeah it's super weird and then like things get like wow are get like confusing so i think the baby is like four months and then so claire or gosh i'm getting all my names backwards so hannah it goes to like claire in one morning and is like oh yeah husband said that like he really wants to get like the baby's name is molly um wants her on like solid food now so like we need to go to the shop and like get all these food we can like make our own pureed food or whatever and claire's like she's like four months that's super weird and then he's like she's like yeah no he said that he like really wanted it she's like okay and then like later in the day he like she like mentions it to the husband and the husband's like i have no idea what you're talking about why would i care because he's like very like aloof and whatever hands off 
but yeah so like and like multiple things like that happen where like one of them will say something and then the other one is like i have no idea what you're talking about and you're just like like it's weird total 100 percent psychological like it just it messes with your brain and it's literally not until like the last chapter or two that it all finally comes together and you figure out like what the heck is actually happening but mm-hmm. super good book you picked a great one i loved it good five, five stars for sure like literally like i said you're spending so much time having no idea why in the world claire thinks hannah ruined her life and you're like what like and it's also like a 10-year grudge too right so you're like this is like a big like something happened what the heck is it i don't know and you don't know until like and then you kind of start to figure it out or you think you do but then something else will happen and you're like maybe it's not that one i don't know it's i also read a it psychological thriller though yeah and i read it in like one sitting so nice. yeah it reads super quick like i mean it's not a super giant book but you're definitely like you can knock it out in one sitting and yeah Sweet. it's very good if you like psycho- psychological thrillers highly highly recommend I'm glad it was a good one. I honestly, I hadn't read it, obviously, considering I'm not sure how this ends. And I was like, <laughs> what? So many times. Yeah. Um, but it had really good reviews. And I literally just have like a list of like psychological thrillers that look interesting. Mm-hmm. And so that one came up and I was like, oh, I bet she'd like it. I'll let her try it out. Because yeah. sometimes it's more fun when like I haven't read it and then you read it first. And then you get to tell me about it. Yeah. Well, now you can borrow it. Different so. experience. See, perfect. Yeah. I don't need to. I don't need to. Anyways, so I end up ended up doing a psychological thriller too. That's oh, also <laughs> very like maze-like. So glad we were on theme, like hella. <laughs> um, I did the seven seven and a half deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle. Oh, that one's been on my list for a while. Mm-hmm. So it's by Stuart Turton. And Oh my God. Even like just the cover of this book, like totally drew me in. It's very like, like kind of like twenties art deco looking. It's like okay. black and gold and geometric. And it's got like a little poison bottle on the front and a chess piece and a gun and a compass. Um, basically there's a bunch of like symbols to represent like different things in the book, but just like I don't know why I felt like this book kind of called to me. So I, I did request it like for, for Christmas. Um, mm-hmm. Susie and I just like exchanged lists of like books you want, books I want. Um, I actually don't know if this one ended up on my list. Uh, she may have actually picked it, but it did send her like a hefty list. So I don't remember. Yeah. Cause I know I'd seen the cover. Um, so this book, I literally can tell you absolutely nothing about it because it is so, <laughs> like so <laughs> intricate that like everything gives away something else. So I don't even know if I'm going to tell you the character's first name (laughs) because to start the book, they don't know it. So this book basically kicks off with this man waking up in a forest and he hears a woman scream and a gunshot. He has no idea why he's there. He has no idea who he is. He has no memory of literally anything, right? Someone comes up behind him because he's like freaking out, right? He, oh no, the only memory he has is of a name, Anna. Like that's literally all he can think. Like, and so he thinks that the person screaming is Anna and that's why he's out here. Right. He's like, Anna's being shot at. Like, so I'm obviously out here for this purpose. I don't know why, but like, that must be it. Right. Cause he's got some like sense of urgency, you know, with the woman screaming. And so that happens. He's kind of freaking out, kind of running around yelling for Anna. Someone comes up behind him, drops something in his pocket and says, go East. And then disappears. Huh. 
he's like, wow. Okay. I guess since I have no idea what the hell I'm doing or who I am or where I am, this is what I'm going to do. So like, just like straight off the bat, literally nobody knows a damn thing. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, he goes, he goes east, he finds a house and he knocks on the door and everyone's like, Oh no, the poor doctor, Sebastian, he's, uh, he must have fallen and hit his head like he thinks someone was murdered like oh no you're cold like come inside or whatever and so like he's basically just like comes into this house there's like a flurry of action happening um because there's just so many different people in this house it's like a mansion basically um so it's so complicated i don't even know where to start is the thing like even the story itself like just chapter one isn't even linear because it starts like kind of inserting other things um but basically he finds this house he's trying to figure out who he is he's like kind of walking around the grounds after he gets changed he's like okay so i'm a doctor i'm not very old uh they told me i have a friend i'm gonna go talk to the friend um so he goes to talk to his friend inside of this house and his friend was like oh yeah like we were we were together last night and like you got a note from a maid and you ran off he's like okay like what did the note say and so like he basically spends his day trying to piece together who he is right so it's like okay this is these are the things that i did last night okay these are the people that i've talked to like this is why i'm here he finds out a lot of unsavory things about himself so like it really just kind of starts off with that but then he sees this guy in like a a plague doctor outfit and he's like okay what the hell is this what is this so basically this person kind of explains to him what's going on in in the world and i don't know exactly where in this story it kind of comes into play but he's like another main character like kind of the next like main thing that really happens without me actually giving you any information about what happens <laughs> so basically person in sebastian go like is talking to this plague doctor and he's like look like here's the thing like you are at um it's like the hard castles estate which is called oh man what was it called again it's something weird and every time i say it i mess it up in my brain <laughs> black heath okay black heath i don't know for some reason the heath part always throws me off i always think it's like black hearth because it's like a mansion but yeah, it's supposed like to be like this yeah it, it kills me every time black heath so basically he's at this place black heath because the cat hardcastle family is doing like a reunion so i think it was like 19 20 years ago to the day there is an anniversary that the youngest hardcastle child was murdered on the grounds Mm -hmm. and the day that he was killed all of these people were in attendance they were all there so every single one of these people who's in the house is gathered for this purpose so sebastian's like okay so somehow i fit into this family i fit into this plot right Mm -hmm. um because his friend is Michael Hardcastle. He's one of the sons. So he can kind of fill in some of the pieces along with the plague doctor who explains to him that like nothing here is quite as it seems. The plague doctor never takes his mask off during this. You know, you have no idea really who this person is other than he appears and he kind of gives some guidance without really saying a lot about what's happening. So basically nobody is who you think they are. And... (laughs) When he falls asleep, he wakes up in another person. Mm. So not only is he not actually Sebastian, he's just a person who is in this place that, and his goal is to solve a murder. All he knows is that someone's going to be murdered at 11 o'clock 
at night and he is basically there to like work his way through witness bodies and like live their day so is it is he so like he groundhog day so he's waking up in the same day then since they're getting murdered at 11 or? yeah okay. kind of so like he lives so he basically gets eight days he gets eight eight hosts to live in but he lives throughout their entire day for the whole day so he basically gets eight whole days so like he starts in sebastian but when sebastian falls asleep or passes out or dies he'll wake up in the next person when that person falls asleep he'll go to the next one but the thing is like you can go backwards people too so sometimes it'll be like oh this is day one and then now i'm in day three but day three fell asleep and so now i'm back in day one because it's not midnight yet um so he's basically like very confused because when he wakes up the second time he's not in his own body and all the plague doctor has really said at this point is not a lot other than kind of pointing him in directions so when he really wakes up the second time and he's like okay i'm literally not in my, in my body like who the hell am i um so anna is another person who is here also trying to solve the murder so there are other people here he finds out he has two rivals and there's someone trying to kill them are so they, that's all he knows. Do the other people also jump hosts or are they just normal people? Or do I not get to find that, out? That's the thing. They do not behave the same way as him. Okay. So the way that they experience Blackheath is not the same. Um, basically, you don't know why until like literally the very end, but he is told that he's there as a volunteer. He volunteered to be here to help try to solve this murder. For some reason, he had a motivation to do so. The other people are not, they're not oh. there by choice. And so like, it's like, okay, so I'm what, like, so basically you spend this whole time, like jumping from host to host, not super sure what day it is. He's not really sure what order things are happening in either, because when he's encountering other people in that day, he's also encountering himself. So like, he's like, oh, I remember making this decision or doing this thing. So like each host feels stronger and he loses more pieces of like who he really is and why he's there. And if he gets to the end at 11 o'clock on his eighth person and he doesn't know who, who done it, it resets and he doesn't know anybody and he starts over. So he's done this over and over and over, like a, for a very long time, apparently. No one really knows how long other than the plague doctors, like we've done this many times. And the plague doctor, I guess, has some control over kind of like how his day is played out. So the plague doctor tries to kind of like help him find out who did it by changing the configuration in which he experiences the day throughout different loops. Okay. It's so wild. <laughs> like, and it's super interesting seeing like this person who doesn't know who they are trying to adapt to a new like physical body because he's like in young men he's in huge fat men he is only in men though he's a real man oh, in real okay. life he's a man um yeah they only put him in men um i don't think it was a woman no no women that'd be weird i feel like to be yep. a male and then be put in a woman i feel like that would be a whole like adjustment thing that you wouldn't have time to deal with in this situation yeah, exactly yeah if he only has like the one day while they're awake like you just need to be worrying about like now i have boobs today like it's got other things to deal with so um I, I can't even explain how many times I was like, yeah, that's it. That's, that's how it went down. And then something else unfolded and it was such a 180. And I don't even know how I ended up where I ended up, but it was like such a mind effort. So yeah, this entire book was like a very, very, um, 
it's very interesting because you do see also that you, he loses pieces of himself. Like the host feels stronger every time. Like he didn't know his purpose or why he was there when he was in the first host, Sebastian, the doctor, right? The young guy. And so he felt like he had a lot of freedom um, as far as like what he got to do and choose and how his day went down. But as like things kind of progressed, he could see himself like repeating patterns or making decisions because he felt that he had to, you know, because he saw his future self do it already. And so he knows that if he doesn't do that action, then his past self won't be set up to do that thing that he already did. Like, it's very, it's really interesting. Oh, I guess I'm looking at the back right now. It does tell you who dies. Evelyn Hardcastle gets murdered oh. at 11 o'clock. Okay. That's so why that's I was who done it. And that's why it's the seven and a half. Yeah. So that's who we're trying to figure out the, the yeah. who done it. So like who killed Evelyn Hardcastle is like the goal. Um, because it's really interesting too, because he meets her, you know, like mm-hmm. he interacts with her and then like, she has like input about her day. He tries like warning her. He tries saving her. Like he tries so many different things. So, um, it was really cool. Um, they, I will say that there was one person that he is in who is like a, he's a rapist. Mm. He's a rapist. So he does have to, he doesn't, they don't like go into detail or give anything like that. He just like comes upon the realization that like, oh, this host is pretty strong and I can feel his lust inside of me because my host wants to do this thing, but I don't want to do this thing because that's not who I am. Mm-hmm. So like he struggles like with his host's personalities, especially the more he loses himself kind of like to black Blackheath because he's really sucked into it now, you know, yeah. <laughs> like he's spent days and days and days just like going over it and like setting himself up. So, um, I can't tell you anything else because everything just piles on top of each other. This was an amazing book. I'll probably read it again. It was one of those books where like you get halfway through and then they reference something from an earlier host. And I'm like, Oh shit. And I got to go back. And I like reread how the, how he fell asleep or, you know, what happened yeah. to that host because I need to remember like, Oh, does he have time left in that day? Like it was really interesting. And it definitely slowed down my reading pace because there's so many characters and plot lines going on to keep track of. Like, this guy's he's a butler and now he's this guy and it's just like oh my god who's who yeah um and then they're you know literally everyone is pretending to be something they're not because like there's people there who obviously know things that they're not saying Whew, it was amazing um i probably couldn't have picked a better book for myself if i had tried so well awesome. props Susie, amazing i will loan it to you we'll swap books yeah i was gonna say i'm gonna need to read this one so you are definitely gonna need to read this one blew my mind blew my mind <laughs> Five out of five stars as well. Yeah, I was gonna say we definitely we were gifted very good books this it was a good book here. Round. So uh yeah, so what next episode we are tackling some things on our TBR, you know, new year, same list, but <laughs> try try and knock some things off of it. Trying it can. again. Uh you can reach out to us on social media. Let us know, you know, what books you were gifted this holiday season, what ones we gotta read, everything like that. Uh Instagram, isn't it past your bedtime and Twitter, I I B Y B. Wow. I I B Y B underscore pod. Blah, blah. I really fumbled It's a that mouthful one. though. It really is. Yeah. Uh, you can also check out our website, isn't it past your bedtime.com to see what's in our archive, what we've talked about in the past, what's coming up. Yeah. Also, you know, new year, it's 2021. Maybe we will actually finally get around to doing that blog part that we kept talking about. I will add it to my goals list. I truly have like a few topics written up. I just keep not writing anything. So I will really try to do that this year. Yeah. This might be, this might actually be the year. This is is our Uh, year. (laughs) Anyways, everyone rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, and we will talk at all y'all later. Bye everyone. Bye.